take our Bibles to Hebrews chapter number 5 this morning. Hebrews chapter number 5, continuing on in our series here and moving forward. And I believe as we go through the book of Hebrews that really right here we're almost in the middle of the book. I believe this is what was meaning to be stressed to help the people the book was written to. And so there's a lot here for us to learn this morning and some things for us to see. And it might not be so friendly. It might not be the nicest sermon I've ever preached, but I don't try to be nice. I try to be biblical. And there's, and I try to be nice and biblical. I try to do both. But sometimes it doesn't always work out that way. And so, and don't, don't anyone roll your eyes at me. And uh, I'm just teasing you this morning. And uh, it's, good, it's good to be in church. Good to smile. Good to sing the, the songs of God. But I believe all of us at one point or another will get to the point where what I'm preaching on this morning and the next few weeks will apply to your life. You ever, and I just remember a while back, I had someone in my office between the age of 18 to 20, somewhere in that range, and they were talking about things and uh, just going through all this, and these were my words. You need to grow up. Everybody else has all the problems in their life. They, it's not their own problems. Everyone else has caused every problem. The reason the way they are, it's because of this and because of that. And I can't hold a job because of this or that. And I just, and you need to grow up. There comes a point in the Christian life for all of us, you need to grow up. You can't always be a baby in Christ. Now, I want you to see this in context before we get to the message today. Because, like, once again, I've heard this message, I've heard this preached a lot, and a lot of times you can hear a lot of people preach on this passage, and they even get it wrong, like some people never even got saved in chapter number 6. If you, if, you've part- if, look, if you look at verse number 6, and you've been enlightened and tasted of the heavenly gift, and you've been a partaker of the Holy Ghost, you've been saved. There's no doubt. God doesn't give you the Holy Spirit unless you're saved. That's the way it works. So these are saved people. We've talked about this. But if you notice, last week we were looking at the high priest and Christ. And look at what the author here under inspiration, we get to verse number 10. It says, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now what the author wants to do here is he wants to continue to talk about Melchizedek. But he gets off and says, some of you aren't ready to hear about Melchizedek because you haven't grown in your Christian walk. And you're going back and needing to repeat the things you learned when you first got saved because you're not moving forward for God. Because this is the thing, you don't stay still when it comes to the things of God. You either are going backwards or you're moving forward. You never stay in one spot. And then you'll notice after chapter 6 gets done, chapter number 7, look at how it starts. For this Melchizedek. So he gets back and he's going to talk about Melchizedek. But the problem is his audience that he is writing this to, some of them were not ready for the spiritual truths that were going to be given to them. Now, I've told you before that chapter markings and things are not inspired of God like the words are. Now, now I'm glad that they put chapter markings and verses down. I'm grateful for that. Because it would be awful hard for you to find the middle of Hebrews and find the verse I'm talking about with no chapter and verse where to go. You would spend 20 minutes just finding the verse, and then I would preach another hour after that, and it would be a long day. Maybe that's why it was so long years ago when they had pre- I don't know. But I think they, whoever decided this and did it, I think they did a terrible job splitting up chapter 5 and 6. If anything, I would have, take, I would have kept them all together. Because what we do in our minds is when we get to a new chapter, all of a sudden we always think new thought. Because that's how books go a lot of times. But this is a continuation of what's been said. And in all reality, every book is a continuation as they go through. But you'll see as we read here, verse number 11 of chapter 5 through chapter 6, verse number 2 this morning. So we see in verse 10, he says, Called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say. Who does he have many things to say about? Melchizedek. That's 
what it just said. And they're hard to be uttered. So the stuff he's going to talk about with Melchizedek is not easy to understand. It's not easy to chew on. You need your big boy teeth to chew on what he's going to talk about. But look at what he says. Seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Do you notice that as you know the word of God and grow in it, it's going to change your behavior? Because it's going to exercise your senses to discern both good and evil. Therefore, this is chapter 6, verse 1, therefore, because of what was just said, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. They say, oh, we have to be perfect now. If you think you have to be perfect now, you need to realize you will not be perfect in this life. Let us move on to maturity. Let's grow in the Lord. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of the doctrine of baptism and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Father, I pray that you bless the next few minutes that we have this morning and I pray that you'd help guide us today and help us see from this passage some things and help us realize in our own lives that either we are growing and moving forward for you or we're moving backwards. There is no middle ground. And when we get to the point in our lives to where we're not hearing from you and our ears become dull to your word and to your, what you have for us, we get in big trouble. Help us today. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The writer here in Hebrews, and we've talked about who I, w- who I think the writer is. At the end of the day, it was given by inspiration of God. The Holy Spirit of God is the author of the scriptures. And so it was given from God to us and to the Hebrews here in this passage. The author here wants to move forward and talk about more about the priesthood of Christ. And, may I, and as we look at this and we think about this today, the foundational principles of Christ, the fact of his death, burial, and resurrection, what he did so we could have eternal life, those are the foundational truths. What the author here wants to do is he now wants to talk about Christ as our high priest and what he is doing in heaven. It's more, it's a little in-depth. You start talking about Melchizedek and you look at him, it's a little deeper than the average Bible study. Like if I'm, a, we could have a Bible study on Jesus and we could go for a while and it's very foundational, basic truths. But there's going to come a point where you get to something and it's a little bit harder to understand. Maybe it takes a little bit of study on your part. The Bereans did as they studied the scriptures to see what was being said of it was true or not. And so as we look here, the author wants to go on, but has to stop right here. The problem was not a dull preacher. Now, I get it. Preachers can be a little dull. And I know I'm not always the most exciting guy. And some of you, you listen to me long enough, I'm kind of like that teacher on Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. And that's about all you get from me. And that's where it ends right there. But I don't care how dull the preacher is or how much he can keep or he can't keep your attention. The problem is not in the one delivering the word of God, although there could be a problem there. But when the word of God is preached, when God's word is preached, and we aren't getting anything, and we get accustomed and dull to it, we, that's a us problem. I used to worry and that used to be one of my worries as a pastor, is I want you to get what the Bible says. 
I can't make you get what the Bible says. It'd be nice if I could, but I can't. If the word of God is preached, God's word does not return void. God's word has power. It's quick, powerful, sharpening two-edged sword. Didn't we just say that a few weeks ago? God's word still does the job today. It's still just as effective as it's ever been. The problem is not God's word today. The problem today is the heart of man and the heart of Christians. And we'll talk about this a little bit more later on. But the author here, he wanted to go from the basic things in the Christian life, which are listed there in chapter number 6, about um, repentance from dead works and faith towards God, baptism, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. Those are basic principles. He wanted to get off the milk of things and give some meat to them. I want you to understand something. As a baby, you're not going to give a baby a steak. I don't think that would be wise to do. A baby starts with milk, right? And then a baby will grow till about, to about six months. And my timing could be a little off. My oldest is now six. I could have forgotten just a little bit. But I think it was around six months, I think my wife started to mix rice, rice cereal with the milk and started introducing little foods. And that was the first one, William, because, you know, the first baby, you, like, do everything exactly by this book and things. And I think by Matthew, I was giving him ice cream by four months old. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Well, kind of kidding. But anyways, um, that you inter start introducing them to food. And then over time, they move, then they move to that baby food stuff. Anybody? And I, I was the type that if I couldn't handle the smell of it, I wasn't going to make my baby eat that either. And those meat ones, those are like the worst. It's like, whew, anyways. And so, but they get to there, and then eventually they start eating real food. You don't have a six-year-old come up to you and say, I need milk. That's all, I, I can't have any, I, just milk, milk, milk. Now they might want milk with a meal or something, and a lot of people don't even drink milk much anymore. My mom growing up, that's all I was allowed to drink, you know, for, with a meal. Drink your milk. Can I have a soda? Drink your milk. Drink your milk. Caroline's family is water. That's the difference of having two smaller kids and having 13. That's why you go from water to milk. But anyways, um, it would be weird for an adult in this room to live on just milk. But why do we think it's different in the Christian life? It's okay not to grow. It's okay to always be a baby in the Lord and not to grow and to mature in the things of God. And as we look here this morning, we'll get to our points here in a minute, we see the problem is that these people were dull of hearing and they were not ready to receive meat. They, were, they wanted the milk. And we can even look that not only that, but these people, instead of being ready to teach people. Now, this doesn't mean that everyone that grows in the Lord is supposed to be a teacher or a preacher. But we all should be able to share what God has done in our lives. But when we get to the point to where we are not receiving meat and we have to just have the milk over and over, instead of being ready to teach someone, we're having to have it taught to us. And here are the same things over and over again, and we're not growing in the things of God it's like they got a second childhood all over. And the problem is, we look there, it says, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of knowledge. And when we don't grow in our skills when it comes to the word of God, we are not moving forward with it. It's just like staying in first grade forever. And some of you, maybe that's all you got in school was the first grade, and that's as far as you got, and good, great, and wonderful, and you're moving forward with things. But kids don't just stay in first grade. There's a lot more. But there are a lot of Christians that stay in first grade. I need to be taught, teach me. No, you've learned that stuff. Now it's time for you to keep moving forward and teach someone what you've been taught. Help a baby grow in the Lord. But there are many Christians that never get to the point in their Christian life where they move forward. You'll notice that throughout our text here and what we've been studying, I want you to realize how important God's Word is to everything. 
what you do with God's word shows where you're going to mature in the Christian life. If you don't read it and don't spend time in God's word, how can you become skillful in it? You know how you mastered the trade that you do today? You did it. And you continue to do it. And the more you do it, the better you get at it, right? That's the way it works. If you want to become skillful in this book, better learn to pick it up. And I better watch my step right there. That could have been real interesting right there. You need to learn to pick it up. You need to read it. Study it. You need to see what some of the words mean and apply it to your life and to your heart. And as we look at these things, if you remember, there were a lot of people, Jews, looking back at the Old Testament and the children of Israel, that when they they doubted God's word, right? Not only did they doubt it, now we see that these ones had become dull in their hearing of what God had for them. May I just remind you this morning that God wants you to grow. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter, and we were here before we came to Hebrews, but grow in grace and our knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. It's not grow in grace. It's and do this. You can't grow in one area in the Christian life. You need the knowledge of our Lord. You need the Bible. God's Word is key to your growth. For a newborn, milk is what they need, right? To grow. What we need in the Christian life, we need the milk of the word. But there comes a point in the Christian life where we need to put the milk down and pick up the meat and be able to grow in the things of God and get to the point in our Christian life where we keep moving forward. The problem is most Christians stop growing and what they think is, this is what we think. We go along the Christian life. We get saved here. And this is the path God has for us. And we get to a spot around here where we stop growing. We think, oh, well, we've stopped. You never stop. You never stop. Because you'll look in a few minutes when we get to chapter number six there, and you look at the things. They were having to learn again about repentance from dead works. What were we talking? Think about this. They were Judaism, right? They were falling back towards their Judaism is what they were doing. He's like, no, you don't need to learn this. You already learned this. And the problem is when we stop growing in the Christian life, we never stay put. We always drift back. We need to keep moving forward, and that's the theme here. Let us move on to maturity. It's time to grow up. Some of you in this room, it's time in your Christian walk that you grow up. You've been at it a long time. And as your pastor this morning and loving each and every one of you in this room, some of you in this room, it's time to grow up. We can look at Peter. Remember Peter? Remember when he backslid, what did he do? He went back to his old life. He didn't stay put. He went back to his old life. We are never stagnant. We're either going backwards or moving forward. That's what it comes down to. We look at our text this morning. Growth is so important. If your newborn is 10 years old and they're still the size of a newborn and you're having to carry them everywhere, there would be something wrong. If your five-year-old hasn't learned how to crawl and you're having to carry them everywhere and lead them everywhere, that's going to get heavy, first of all. And then secondly, they need, there's something not right. But why is it that in the Christian life we think it's okay not to grow and be a baby forever in the Lord? God has more for us than that this morning. As we look at our text this morning, let's dive into the notes. Number one, we see, first of all, some hindrances to growth. Some hindrances to growth. Some hindrances to growth. Read with me verse number 11 again. It says, Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Now, we'll tell you this, I'll tell you this this morning. This message I'm giving you this morning is not, a newer Christian's not going to get it. This is not milk. This is a little stronger. And sometimes people are like, well, pastor, you should preach the stronger stuff on Sunday night. Why? Because everyone on Sunday morning needs to grow too. 
right? We all need to grow. And this is what some might, Pastor, you're only preaching this because you think I need to grow. No, it's just the next chapter and next verse. So it might be the Holy Spirit thinks you need to grow. So don't be mad at your preacher. Get you talk to God and figure it out with him. As we look here this morning, we see some hindrances to growth. The first thing we see, letter A, is dullness towards the word of God. It says they're seeing ye are dull of hearing. And we see the author says, I've got a lot to say when it comes to Melchizedek and the high priesthood and these things. And he does. In chapter 7, there's a lot that he goes into. And some of it, I've been looking ahead as I'm preparing my messages. I'm like, whew, there's some deep stuff to talk about in chapter number 7. I don't even know if I'm ready quite for that there. And so, but that's where he's going. But as we look here and we see these things, that word dull in verse number 11 is only used twice in the Bible. It's used right there. And you say, well, there's the word dull. You've got to understand, the, the Greek word is only used twice. And it's twice here. And then in chapter number 6 of Hebrews, look at chapter 6, and look down at verse number 12. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now you say, well, um, I don't see dull of hearing there. Guess what? The word slothful and the word dull are the same word, only used twice in the entire Bible. One time it's translated dull, and one time it's translated slothful right before our eyes. And so literally what it means to have no push or no drive. That's literally what it means. That's why I can see how you could label it as dull and also you could label it as slothful. There's no push, no drive. Basically what it means is that when it comes to hearing God's word, there is no push or drive. There's no, I need this. I must grow. I must have God's word. It's just, eh. Literally what it's talking about. You know, there might be times where you have a preacher or a speaker get up and maybe they don't have much, um, they just are very monotone and don't move much and just, there's not a lot of ump behind it, no push behind it. But what I want you to understand, when we, you normally would hear this word about someone speaking. Rarely do you hear it in our world today or even back then about a listener as they listen. You see, the Bible tells us here, he cannot move forward and give them the deeper things of God because they are dull towards the things of God. Their ears don't receive it. Now let's be honest this morning. Can we be honest this morning? I'm going to be honest with you. There are times in Christian life where I sit under preaching or where I read the word of God and I am dull to it. There's no push. Nothing. Be, have any of you ever been there before? I think, as, and if you haven't been there, you haven't been a Christian long. You know, this is what happens. A lot of times you get saved and you start coming to church. And like, this is awesome! I love it! It's great! And then eventually, oh, here we go again. You start a new church and, oh, this church is great! And it is a great church. Oh, that pastor's great. I'm not sure about that one. But then you get to know him more and you get to know that church more and your senses lose what drew you in the first place. We become dull to it. How do we become dull towards the word of God? I think number one, we become dull of hearing when we, number one, neglect hearing God's word. That's why later on in the book he says, you don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. You need to hear the word of God and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And one of the ways we become dull of hearing is we neglect hearing God's word. Let me ask you this last week. How did you do with God's word? I put out a message. There are many, there are many 
people in, our, in this room that are doing different Bible reading programs with me. It's sad to see that in most of the programs I'm doing with people in our church, that 80% are not doing their Bible reading. And they're way behind. Now, life could just be busy and you've got to get caught back up and things like that, but are you behind on your favorite TV show? Most of the Bible reading plans I'm doing with people take five minutes. Now, I know the one, the chronological Bible, that one's a little longer. It is. It is. But if we can't spend five minutes a day reading or hearing the Word of God, we're going to become dull of hearing. Number two, when do we become dull of hearing? Number two, when we take God's Word for granted. Remember I used the example before of being on an airplane? And probably the first time you were ever on a plane, you know, they go through and they talk about how you buckle your seatbelt, and there are six exits, and your seat can be a flotation device, and if the cabin loses air pressure, you need to uh, put your mask on first, then put on your neighbor's one. If you put, on, if you put your kid's one on first, and they'll put yours on, you might be passed out on the ground, and they go through that long spill. And probably, I would say, I remember as a kid, the first, I remember paying good attention. I remember even pulling out the book that showed what, all the stuff. and like, wow, this is cool. The last time you're on the plane, do you even pay attention to that? No, because you've come accustomed to it. You take it for granted. Some of you have heard the Word of God for a long time. And we get to the point in our lives where we take God's Word for granted. And we've heard it so much it becomes dull in our ears. It's where I would encourage you, and I've mentioned it before when it comes to music. Sometimes I'll watch as we sing, and, and we, do, we have a broad spectrum of, of our music. We sing old hymns. There are a lot of churches that do not sing old hymns at all anymore. We do sing old hymns, and I'm grateful for hymns. I grew up singing hymns. Hymns are good. There are some of you in this room that all you listen to is new stuff and you don't have a clue how wonderful a hymn like no one ever cared for me like Jesus is because your senses are dulled to something that is so slow and methodical and a little boring to you from a book. But then you have it on the other side where there are some all you've ever sang is hymns your whole life. And then you hear a new song and things like that and it moves a little faster or the rhythm's a little different and you just don't want nothing to do with it and you miss out on how awesome the words are that are worshiping God because we become dull to things we don't care as much about. You might say, I love God's word. How much did you read it this week? If you love the word of God, how much did you read it? That's a big question. Maybe we should put a meter back there, and when you walk in the back door, it shows how many minutes you spent during the week reading your Bible. Then we're going to have no one show up for church if we did that. But the problem is we take it for granted. How do we become dull of hearing? It happens as we neglect God's Word, as we take it for granted. And then thirdly, and this is a big one, we become dull of hearing when we don't obey God's Word. I've mentioned this before. I've had many Christians come to me, and they're like, Pastor, I'm not growing. I'm not growing. I'm like, when is the last time God told you to do something and you didn't do what God told you to do? Every time I ask that question, they have something that God told them to do and they didn't listen to God and do what God told them to do. You want to not grow dull in your hearing of the Word of God? Do what the Lord tells you to do. It's important. Is there something that God told you you need to stop that you need to stop doing? Whatever the case may be, but as we look here and we look at hindrances to growth, it starts with becoming dull towards the Word of God. When you're doing your Bible reading, is your mind out in left field on something else? I pointed to right field, but you know what I mean. Is your mind off thinking about something else? Remember those days where you couldn't get enough of God's Word, where you picked it up and it's like you're feasting on the manna of heaven and you're just growing and it's like it's so awesome to read God's Word. Do you remember those days? That's how it should be. The problem's not the book. It hasn't changed. Our hearts are what change. Our obedience to the Lord, where we get in the Christian life, it's an us problem, not the book problem. We see, first of all, there's dullness towards the Word of God, but number two, or letter B, we see an inability to share God's Word. Some hindrances to growth. We see that in verse number 12. 
Verse 12 tells us of our text here. It says, For when, ye, when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. When we look at this and we study this here, you got to grow. I'll hear people will start coming to church and they're like, and then there are some people that are like, Pastor, I just need, I just need to, I just need to hear, I need to hear, I need, I need to hear you preach. I just got to hear it. There should be a time where you can move from hearing the preaching of the Word of God to where you can share it with somebody. If you're not growing, you're not going to be able to share it because you don't know how to use the book. My dad has many tools in his garage. He's a diesel mechanic for years. And there are a lot of tools that I look at that I don't have a clue what they're for. But it's amazing that when I need some tricky thing, I remember doing, my, um, doing a clutch on a car. And he had this tool to help take the flywheel off and separate the two. I had no clue what that thing was. But it was the nicest tool in the world to have because it helped separate the two to be able to do the job. And guess what? I didn't know how to use it. So what happened? My dad helped me and showed me. And you know what happened a while back? I was able to show someone else how to use that tool. You know why I was able to show someone else how to use that tool? Because I learned how to use it. You know why many people can't share this book with anybody? Because you don't know how to share it. Let me just, you don't need your pastor to help you share the word. You don't. If you, I, if you need me, I'm here. But you don't need me to share the word. You should be able to share the word for yourself. You got to grow in it. We look at some hindrances to growth. It happens as we become dull of hearing. And then we see it in the inability to share God's word and how we need to share the word of God and point people to the word of God. And we got, as we look at this, we see that either we're moving forward for the Lord or we're moving backwards, because it says there, and you need, again, those first principles of the oracles of God. It's like you, you're in constant review. You've got to do it all over again. Like you'll notice when kids come to school in a few weeks. And can you believe we're almost into August, Ryan? We're getting, it's getting there. And, uh, but what will happen, the kids have been off almost three months. When they first come back, you're going to have to remind them a little bit about the rules of your classroom and the first few lessons are a review of what they've already learned. And then they go on to new material. If every year you do that, and your kid's supposed to be in sixth grade, but they have to do first grade again, because they didn't get first grade, and they just didn't get it, and they didn't get it, there's something wrong. But in the Christian life, it's like, oh, it's okay. I've been a Christian 20 years. It's okay that I don't... I, pastor can keep teaching me. And your pastor should teach you. And you should preach the word of God and you should be learning. That's a good thing. But you should be able to share with someone as well and grow in that. And we see how important it is. And when we look at this thing, we see the dullness that takes place. And we see the inability to share God's word. And then letter C, we see that there's an improper diet. It says there that you, at the end of verse number 12, it says, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason have use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You know, Paul said something similar. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, verses 1 and 2, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes and I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hereto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. Do you see the same principle right here? The fact is, Paul said, you're not being spiritual. You are babes in the Lord. You're not moving forward. You're not spiritual. You're carnal. And because of that, I cannot give you strong meat. I got to give you milk. You're not ready and you can't handle you can't handle the truth. You can't handle the meat. 
You're not to that point in your Christian life. And as we look here and we just study these things out, as we move and we mature in the Word of God, it's important that we take the Word of God and grow in it. Yes, when you first get saved, take the simple truths of God's Word. That's why when someone just gets saved and they're like, Pastor, where should I read in the Bible? I say, start in the book of John. Start in the, start in the Gospels. That's a great place to start. But if you're 15 years as a Christian and you still are in John and you're not able to read another book of the Bible, there's something wrong. Let's move forward. It's time to grow up and time to move forward in the things of God. And we see here that, that in, in verse number 14 at the end there it says, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. When we look at that, I sincerely believe that what you know with God's Word and what you do with God's Word, it will change your life. You say, Pastor, I'm just not living right. You're not in the book. That's a fact. Because if you're in the book and the Word of God is changing you, it's going to change your life. It's going to. That's what God's Word does. It's quick. It's powerful. Sharpening two-edged sword. It will change you if you're in it. If you're not in the Word of God, it will not change you. We see some hindrances to growth. And then we see the author here move from there and tell them basically in this passage, it's time to grow up. Hey, Christian, it's time to grow up. It's time to mature. As we look there and we see those verses, chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, and I know it's 9.30, but we'll be done here in a couple minutes. It says, therefore, leaving the principles... It was because Russ and Joyce sang a good song today and I had to, we sang it as a church. That was five extra minutes that should have been preaching minutes. We'll be fine. We'll go a few minutes over. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not perfection, maturity. Let's grow. Let's move forward. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of the doctrine of baptism, of laying on of hands, and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. It's time to grow and to move forward. You can take your Bibles with me real quick, and it's not there in your notes, but if you go to Luke chapter number 8 with me for a second, we see this mentioned again here. Go to Luke chapter number 8. And it's a good thing for you to move your Bibles and to have your Bibles open and to look at things. Luke chapter 8 is the parable of the sower. Same truth in the parable of the sower that we're studying right now. Well, if you look there at Luke chapter number 8, and you look down with me at verse number 14. Luke 8, verse number 14. Look at what it says here. Luke 8, verse number 14. And that which fell among thorns, and are they which have heard, go forth, and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. They don't grow. Now, you might believe differently than me on this when it comes to the parable of the sower. I believe it's clear the first ground, the fallow ground and things never gets in and it's plucked up by satan the bible says that but then it talks about that that seed that gets just barely in and it has shallow roots now let's just think for a minute and you can disagree with me and that's fine i have many people who disagree with me on a lot of things i think that's a safe person because the seed has taken root seed can't take root in a dead person the seed takes root, but they never get very far because it's only shallow. Then there are those who the seed takes root, but all the thorns and all the weeds grow in, all the cares, everything in life are there, and they never grow up. And then there are those who it falls on good ground, and they grow in the things of God. My personal opinion and thoughts about the parable of the sower is, yes, that first parable, the first, the first sower, that seed never gets anywhere. That's an unsafe person. But I do believe that if the seed starts to penetrate and it starts to grow, no matter how shallow or how many weeds are around, the seed has taken form. 
The problem is when we let everything else choke out, it's one of the reasons we become dull of hearing. There's even more I could say there, and I know I'm running out of time today. But as we look here, that verse says there in Luke 8, 14, and bring no fruit to perfection, it literally is talking about maturity. Now go back to our text, and I don't want to steal from a few weeks from now, but that's the same thing that we look at the parable of the sower. Chapter 6, verse 7 and 8 talks about, For the earth which drinketh in the rain, that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, meat, for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from the Lord. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected, and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. You'll see when we get there in a couple weeks, that all ties together with Luke chapter number 8. And this thing of all these weeds choking out the growth and hindering things moving forward, which we'll see. But instead of going forward and moving forward for God, these Jews were tempted to lay the foundation again. And we see there, you don't need to lay that foundation again. They had already given up the dead works. Judaism is full of dead works, isn't it? It's a religion of dead works. And in fact, you could look at Hebrews chapter number 9 in verse number 14. And the Bible says, How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And so they didn't need to go back to needing to doing good works and going back to those things and having to learn, no, I don't have to do good works. I've got to turn to Jesus Christ. They didn't need that all over again. They already received it once. You already look further on here. They already, if these are saved believers, they already had faith towards God. They didn't need to learn to have faith towards God again. But the problem is, instead of moving forward for God, they were moving back. And when you move back, you have to be taught the same things over and over again to get you to start moving forward again. Remember, if you get nothing else in the message this morning, you, in your Christian life, you are never stagnant. You never stay still. You're either growing or you're going backwards growing or backsliding there is no middle ground with it and literally they were going to have to learn all these things all over again that they already knew and you'll see in the notes there i don't have time to go through it all but literally all the things that are listed right there it talks about the repentance from dead works faith towards god the doctrine of baptism the laying on of hands, and that had to do with the Day of Atonement and then what Jesus Christ did. And then we see, and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. All those things, there are some verses listed that later on he reminds them of again. They knew these things. But they had forgotten them. And they were backsliding. And instead of having to lay the foundation again and learn the things over and over again that you've already learned, it's time to grow up. So, Pastor, how can I grow? What are some ways to grow? I gave you seven there in your notes. And there was supposed to be, Caitlin, I put at the bottom of that in your, in your notes, there was actually a website listed. I wanted that on there because I literally stole that straight from them. And so I just plagiarized right here. So um, later on I'll give you what that was if you care to know. But it was... Um, Bible.org slash illustrations of growth, progression and maturity. That was basically the title of it. And so she probably just thought, oh, pastor left that there for no reason. I know what you're thinking because I don't ever put things like that. But I never take word for word anything and just put it here like I did here. So some seven rules for growth. The first one, are you ready? You need daily food. Take in the word. Be in God's word. How many of you are going to eat today? Raise your hand. Come on. How many of you are going to eat today? So I know, and if you're fasting, I don't need to know about it, but most likely you're going to eat at some point. Now let's go this far. How many of you are probably going to eat at least twice today? How many of you already ate and you're going to eat twice today? Yeah, see? You need daily food. You say, why are you going to eat? Your stomach gets hungry, right? And uh, could, you go, could we go a few days without food? I'm sure we could. It's not fun, but I'm sure we could. But we eat because we get hungry. 
you need the Word of God? Do you hunger for the Word of God? Does it matter? You find, I don't have time to read my Bible. You find time to make breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or buy it somewhere. You need your daily food. As a believer, be in God's Word. How many days this last week did you spend time in God's Word? You might say, well, I, I'm pastor. It's just so take five minutes. Start there. Five minutes. You can't take five minutes. Pastor, my day is, if your day is too full to give God five minutes, you need to reprioritize your time and give God some time. You need daily food. Say, Pastor, you always talk about reading your Bible. Well, do you do it? When we all do it like we should, I'll stop preaching on it. When I do it like I should, I'll stop preaching on it. We need daily food, number two. We need fresh air. Pray often or you'll faint. Didn't, isn't that, isn't that meant not always to pray and not to faint? If you're not praying, you will faint. Prayer is the oxygen of the soul. It's what you need. If you're going to grow, you need food and you need air. It's true, right? How about this one, number three, regular exercise. Say, Pastor, is this a message physically for me or is this a spiritual lesson? Both. It would be good, and I'll tell you this. In, in, our, in our physical bodies that we live today, it's a good thing to exercise. Learn to exercise. Be a good steward of the body God's given to you. And for 35 years of my life, I was a poor example of that one. I'm doing better in that area. Saw a guy yesterday at, at Walmart that used to come to our church. And I walk up to him, I'm like, is this who I think it is? He's like, you're not Pastor Brian. I'm Pastor Brian. No, you're not. And he was standing there arguing with me for five minutes if I was Pastor Brian or not. I'm like, yeah, it's me. Whoa, you're like, and he went, you were like, and now you're not. Thank you. And he's one of these conspiracy people. So he was like, I'm just glad to see that because when the, when the apocalypse comes, you'll be able to run and get away now. They're not going to get you as easy. I'm like, okay. But it's a good thing to exercise. Say, well, I can't. You could just go walk. Take some time and walk. Say, I can't walk. Then do something else. Technically, we all exercise when we're doing this, right? Depending on how heavy it is. But what we need in our Christian life, we need to exercise regularly. Put into practice what you're learning from God's Word and use it. Number four, we're almost done. You need adequate rest. You know, if for gr- and you think about it, um, those of you that have children, they need a lot of sleep. So why do they need sleep? Because they're growing. That's why I don't understand parents that let their kids stay up till the late hours and they need to sleep. A good lesson with school coming up, let your kids go to, put them in bed at night. During the school year, our kids are in bed at 8 o'clock and they get up at 7. Say, why? They need rest. Do you know in the Christian life we need rest? And where does the rest come from in the Christian life? when we rely on God and not on ourselves. Number five, we're just about done. Clean up your surroundings. Clean surroundings are good. Avoid whatever makes you weak. It will weaken you spiritually. We all have our downfalls, right? We all have our, our sins, our hindrances. Stay away from them. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. Great advice from the book of Proverbs. Number seven, oh, six, Loving care. So what do you mean by that? Be a part of a church where you benefit from a pastor's teaching and the fellowship you have with the people you go to church with. It's important. You know, people would say for themselves that they need self-care. And, and well, you, do, you do need to take care of yourself. You do. You should. I don't think you have to go to the extremes that this world tells you. But you need care. You need to be in a church where the pastor actually knows who you are. 
where the pastor might actually reach out and ask you if he can pray for anything that you have prayer needs for. Be in a church where a pastor loves you and is willing to give you God's word and be in a place where there's other Christians that love you and help you move forward. We'll see that in chapter number 10. Then lastly, number seven, you need periodic checkups. Just like you would go to the doctor, regularly examine your spiritual health. And with that last one there, take your Bibles to one last passage. I know you think I'm done, and I am. Go to Psalm 139 real quick. Real quick, Psalm 139. I would challenge you as you periodically get a checkup with the Lord, which you should. And just like you would go to the doctor, some people have an annual physical. Some people it's a few times a year, whatever the case may be. You need periodic checkups with the Lord. Psalm 139, the last two verses, are a great prayer that you could pray to God during your spiritual checkup. Look at it there. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. It's a great prayer to pray during your spiritual checkup with the Lord. Give him permission to fix you. Many people don't grow in the Christian life because they become dull towards the things of God and they go backwards. Instead of growing in the things of God, they backslide and have to be taught over and over again. And I want you to understand something this morning, and I'm way over. You're going to have moments of backsliding. We all do. The best of Christians don't always move forward for God. But don't let it keep happening. And in fact, oh man, I totally missed... That's what happens to me when I go through my when I go through and I'm like I'm running out of time I'm running out of time, and then I limit and I don't actually go through all that I should go back and look. You got to see this if you don't see this, and I believe the Spirit of God is the one that reminded me of this right now. Go back to Hebrews chapter six. Hebrews chapter six. We are we're right there at the end. We're not going to be here long. 